Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 64. Today's episode is all about animal communication and losing pets. Let's say an animal's going through the process of dying. They know. They're very aware that this is what's going on, and they're very aware that the soul is separate from the body and the body is a vehicle in which they've been able to have the opportunity to live a physical life. So they know that when they pass through into the spirit form, that their soul will live on and their physical vessel will die away. Because they know this so strongly, it's a lot easier of a transition, I'll say, than most humans. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Mind Love is a CastBox original. You can still listen to Mind Love wherever you get your podcasts, but CastBox is pretty awesome, so I hope you'll give it a try. And tap that cute little button that says subscribe. More subscribers means even better guests and even more value. Plus, it helps grow the show so more people can find it. And if you ask me, everyone can use a little more mind love. Plus, I'll really appreciate it. Hi, friends. Today's interview is fun and a little bit different, but I'm really excited about it because I am obsessed with my dog and really anything that has to do with him. (laughs) So today, we're talking about animal communication. And towards the end of the episode, you'll actually get to hear a portion of an animal communication session with my little fur soulmate, Maverick Danger. And given that over two-thirds of households in the U.S. own a pet, I think this information is going to be really helpful to all of you. Or really even just for those of you who have lost someone, because it adds just a little bit more evidence to what happens after we leave these physical bodies. And the whole process with this interview was another amazing example of how the universe works. Because normally my little guy is just a ball of energy. But the day before the interview was supposed to happen, suddenly Maverick had an emergency. I had to rush him to the vet at 6 a.m. and everything. I'll get into details in the episode, but it was perfect timing to feel as though I had a more direct line of communication with him. But then even more comforting are some of the things that I learned in this interview. I know I'm so close to little Maverick and he's just been my rock through all of my trauma. I've had him almost 12 years now, and he's been with me through it all. And even though he's only six pounds, he he protects me with the heart of a pit bull. His breed is a Maltese Yorkie, which is also called a Morkie. And they're supposed to live to be around 18 or 20, so he definitely still has some time. But he's getting up there, and the idea of losing him, even just the thought, can actually bring me to tears. So of course I have all these worries, like... Will he know what's happening when his body's shutting down? Will he be scared? Will I be able to explain it to him? Will we still have that soul connection? Today, we answer all of those questions. When I did ayahuasca for the first time, I stopped fearing death in a way because I felt like I had a better understanding of what to expect. So instead of it being scary, it feels expansive and I definitely feel more accepting of it. This interview gave me that same kind of peace around my little fur man. (laughs) Our guest is Morgan Mellick, an animal communicator and certified Akashic Records practitioner. She's been working with animals, both wild and domestic, most of her life, and then trained professionally as an animal communicator. And in speaking with her, you can really sense the passion and connection she has with animals. So it was a really powerful experience. Three key things we will learn are how our animals understand death, what role our animals have in our lives, and the best ways to make sure that you give your pet the most fulfilling life possible. 
Before we get started, I want to tell you about the best way to stay in your highest frequency between episodes. Thousands of listeners are loving my daily morning mind love emails. They're short daily reminders of your own beauty, magic, and power so you can start each day with your best mindset. Just go to mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do. First, you'll get a really cool free booklet of Powerless based on proven methods from the most successful people in the world to automate your highest decisions. Plus, you'll get a free guided affirmation meditation. It's set with a binaural frequency known as the Miracle Tone, which is known to make you a magnet for love, health, and abundance. Then it's layered with affirmations to perfectly tune your frequency for transformation. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, just text the word MORNING to 33777. That's MORNING to 33777. And now let's welcome Morgan Mellick to the show. Thank you so much, Melissa. It's such an honor to be here. How did you first discover that you could communicate with animals? So my backstory, ever since I was a young girl, I've always felt um, intuitively connected with animals. So that includes wild animals, wildlife, as well as um, pets that, you know, my mom and I have had through, you know, in our home when I was young and growing up. So I've done a ton of work with animals. It's been a long journey with animals. I've done rescue work with them. Um, I've done trap, neuter, and return for feral cats. I've worked with exotic animals right out of college. Um, and I was a teacher there and I did a lot of animal handling there as well of, of alligators, exotic birds, big cats, name it. I've been around them. So my whole life has been pretty much surrounded by animals and loving them and helping them and fighting for the cause for them. Um, so how I discovered animal communication, I wasn't really, which I'm sure you've heard before from other intuitives, I wasn't really consciously aware that I was intuitively communicating and connecting with animals of all sorts. I think in 2012, I discovered the Gurney Institute of Animal Communication. There's a lovely woman there named Carol Gurney that started this institute years ago, and she has a whole certification program called the Heart Talk program, where she teaches you how to communicate with animals. So I know we can't learn something like animal communication in just an hour, but give me a rundown on what the process is like to start to cultivate that connection. So... Communicating with animals is a two-part process. You use your intuition, which I've had for quite some time, and we all have intuition. I like to call it a gut feeling. Um, and she teaches us telepathy, so how to uh, telepathically communicate. Kind of how the process goes, Melissa, and everyone listening, is um, when you first start animal communication, animal communication comes in in a variety of ways. So it's kind of all sensory, which is very cool. It first comes through via your strength. So since I majored in English with a writing emphasis in college, um, what would come through for me with animals was a lot of dialogue. They would be talking to me in, in sentences. Um, and then what came through for me second, uh, sensory-wise, was images. So Animal communication can come through as um, dialogue, thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, and even tastes and smells can come through, um, which is very cool. So as you progress through animal communication, you learn um, all the senses come through in an animal communication session. So you're telling me you've tasted dog food. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny question. No, I should, I should explain that when I say taste. What I mean is, is that, uh, so let's say that I'm doing an animal communication with this dog. Let's say the dog is in a home where the mom bakes a lot. So the I'll get this really strong smell and taste of this baking. Like maybe she bakes blueberry muffins. So I'll be tasting blueberries and smelling this intense baking smell from the dog. Do you remember the first moment when you were like, wow, this is 
real. And this isn't just my imagination. I'm actually tapping into something more. I took an introductory class. We did this experience where we partnered up and my partner had a picture of my cat, Snoopy. And I had a picture of her dog to communicate. I asked her dog a couple different questions. First, I allowed the dog to just take me through whatever the dog wanted to communicate to me. So just an experience or take me through the home where the dog lived. This dog, it was a white fluffy dog, um, took me through her home. And the person that I partnered up with lives in Bangkok. So, and she flew out for this introductory class, which was pretty cool. So the dog's taking me through her home and it was very visual for me with the dialogue as well. And the dog, as I enter the room, as I enter her home, the dog was kind of popping up and down and spinning around in circles and just really excited to show me this home and very friendly and welcoming. So I walk through this home, there's hardwood flooring throughout. There's a bedroom on either side of this hallway and in the in the back right was a what I'd like to call like a living room or den. And there was this lime green curtain that was just blowing in the wind. And there was um, a patio right outside of there. And I could just feel this intense, um, moist and humid air that was coming through the room. And to the left of me in the back of the house was the kitchen. I got a very intense visual of this entire environment. And what happened next was that the white dog told me that there was another dog that lived in the home that had a bad past and was really sad. And this white dog wanted to uplift the other dog. Can you help this other dog is what the white dog said to me. So I said, okay, I'm just letting this happen organically. So the white dog takes me to another dog that's sitting in the corner of the kitchen. And this dog looks exactly like a German Shepherd. Big, beautiful, big ears, big German Shepherd face. I tell this dog that your friend, the white dog, told me that something happened to you when you were young. And I'm here to help you. I'm learning how to do animal communication. Would it be okay if we communicated right now so I can help your person help you. So this dog was a little timid at first. The dog ends up showing me that the dog mother of the German Shepherd really sadly was killed in a religious sacrifice. And this German Shepherd watched that happen. This was very violent and she was scared to trust her new human, like her human parent, um, because she was afraid that her human parent would get taken away again, just like her dog mom did. I reassured her that I would talk with her human, my partner in this exercise, and let her know that she's supported and that she is loved and that she won't be given up and she's safe and that the two of them will talk with one another when she gets back home. Then I leave this dog and I talk to the white dog and the white dog's so thankful that I came in and then I, that I helped this other dog. When I partner up with my person and we're doing our exchanges, she ends up telling me that not only is her entire home the way I described it, which was unbelievable down to the green curtain, that she has another dog that's a German Shepherd that I never saw a photo of prior, and I didn't even know she had another dog, and that she rescued this dog. All of this came through for me that this is real. Not only did I communicate with the white dog, and I was able to get the white dog's personality down, that the white dog wants to be friends with the German Shepherd, but they haven't really gotten to be friends yet. And she does this popping around in a circle, very excited and friendly. That's exactly her demeanor. Down to the house and being able to communicate with not just one animal, but two animals in my first animal communication on my own with a photo and a partner exchange. I knew this work was real. And I knew it meant something and I knew I could help people and I knew I could help animals. I finally found my work with animals. That's my sole work with them, my purpose. Wow, that's incredible. I have such a passion for animals. So 
It would feel so good to have that so intertwined with your purpose. I am curious, though. You said you were going through a training that teaches telepathy. So I'm sure a lot of us are wondering, well, how do you even go about that? So what are some of the basic first steps to learning telepathy? Telepathy, the definition is, you know, a direct line of communication between one person and another. So in this case, it would be between an animal and myself. All of us have telepathic skills when we're born. So when we're infants, before we learn language, whether it be English, Spanish, French, Italian, whatever it may be, how we communicate as infants with our parents is through telepathy. We give signals um, intuitively, back and forth. Um, I wanna be fed. I need you to change my diaper. But all of this is happening through um, telepathy that you know, us as infants are giving our parents. So what happens is, is that we, when we learn a language like English, let's say, um, that overrides our natural telepathic skills that we can have with, an, with animals or another person. And that becomes our main way to communicate in the world as we grow up and become adults, right? So we kind of lose that telepathic skill because we're not really ever connecting to it very much, most of us anyway. So when I have a kid, I should just not teach it how to talk then. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny you say that. I think it's I think language is very important. I mean, mind you, I'm an English teacher and I write myself, so I love the English language. So kind of how Carol Gurney, the director of the Gurney Institute of Animal Communication, kind of first trained us, to, um, we did a lot of meditation exercises first. Oftentimes through the meditation, we may meet like a spirit guide. I mean, an animal spirit guide or an animal we may know or may have known that passed on. And once you're in that state, you're kind of just in an open heart space and trusting with going through the process of telepathy. And a lot of it is when you ask an animal a question, let's say it's as basic as what do you like? You just allow that to come forward. It's all a matter of trusting what you're getting through the process. And a, a huge part of learning telepathy, it's like learning a new language. Even though we were born with it, it's like learning a new language because we don't utilize it in our lives. So it's really working what Carol calls like working the telepathic muscles. So that's why she has this whole heart talk program that where you build many, many cases with clients. It's to keep practicing those telepathic skills, that direct line of communication back and forth between an animal and yourself. So you get to the point where it's just, you can tap in. It's like second nature. It's so funny because I feel like I already have so much of this with Maverick. It's like, why do I know exactly what he needs when he needs it? I know I pick up on it even before he is trying to get my attention. I just feel like the more I listen to this and the more I trust that inner knowing and that connection that we have, the more that can kind of grow, but we're not taught that. So a lot of times we cut it off or cut off the possibility that that's happening before we really get to the depths of the belief that will allow that skill to flourish, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. No, you're totally right. And it's great that you say that, Melissa, and bring that forward because it's unfortunate that in our society we're told, well, you know, you can't talk to the dead or you can't talk to animals or, you know, this stuff isn't possible to read minds or to, you know, have an intuitive sense, right? I think that our society is now becoming a little bit more like there's a little bit more of a spiritual awakening happening that I'm that I'm seeing in the world. People are becoming more curious about what do I really want? What's my inner knowing? What do I know to be true for me rather than getting these ideas out there from out there? whether it be from, you know, a relationship or your friends or your boss or your mom or your dad, right? It's what do I know to be true? And that's a lot of where, you know, intuition begins. That's what your intuition is. 
And it's so important because the more we get our information from outside of ourselves, the more likely it's going to be wrapped up in this societal standard. (laughs) And standard is a version of conformity. It's like everyone's trying to be this one ideal. So the more we learn to build a relationship with ourselves and trust our inner wisdom and build up our intuition, the more we're going to embody our authentic selves, which means more happiness and more integrated and more magnetic and more successful. And all the things that we're looking for really come from when we start to magnify what's already there. Yes. Thank you, Melissa. And it's so true. And I'm so happy to hear that with Maverick, you have this intuitive sense with one another and an understanding. And that's what animals are here for us to work together. So animals are healers. So some animals come through in this life, their job is to be a healer. So it's very serious, very serious job for them to do. But as a whole, when we have a relationship with our animal, they're healing us. Maverick has definitely been my healer. I honestly don't know what would have happened to me without him. He has protected me so much. Back in my 20s, if you've been listening to this podcast, you'll know that I was a huge party girl that was just taking numbing agents to a whole new level. He's just been my little sidekick and To be honest, sometimes I didn't know if I was going over to a friend's house to have a weekend bender. So it was just better that I brought Maverick. And yes, I do cringe at my past behavior. That is a terrible thing to do as a dog mommy. But Maverick was with me at some of these parties. Well, there were times that I would have taken whatever drugs that were handed to me or been drinking way too much and passed out in a bed and Maverick would actually stand on my body and if anybody came near me he would attack like he would try to be the fiercest that he could and it's funny because now he's aged and so he doesn't have teeth anymore and if I'm asleep in the bed and my husband crawls in a little bit too fast, Maverick will have those same reflexes. Like, this is his job whether anybody else likes it or not. I just have so much gratitude for this little guy, and he has so much wisdom. He's just such a sweetheart, so I'm actually really interested to hear more details about all of your connections with your animals. So tweet at me at MindLoveMelissa and share any unique connections that you have with your animals. That's what's so beautiful about the connection to animals and having them in our lives and um, sharing this relationship with the world because animals are not as attached to the physical as humans are. So let's say an animal's going through the process of dying, which is sad, but this is a natural part of life. Let's say an animal's going through the process of dying. They know They're very aware that this is what's going on. And they're very aware that the soul is separate from the body. And the body is a vehicle in which they've lived. They've been able to have the opportunity to live a physical life. So they know that when they pass through into the spirit form, that their soul will live on, their spirit will live on, and their physical vessel will die away. Because they know this so strongly, it's a lot easier of a transition, I'll say, than most humans, not every human, but most humans, because they're not as attached to the physical as humans are. To go through this transition um, into death, you know, into spirit, basically. And us as humans, we're very attached to the physical, you know, can I touch it? Can I feel it? We go through a lot of grief in our life as humans with loss in our lives because we no longer have the physical element there. And animals can teach us that, and it's wonderful to have a physical connection. It's vital in a physical life, even for them. But you can always connect with spirit and you can always connect with the soul because the soul is eternal. My husband and I actually talk about that all the time. Maverick's not worried about what's gonna happen tomorrow or regretting something he did yesterday. Although he might regret something he did three minutes ago if he 
got in the garbage or something like that. Has that shamed look on his face, the little puppy dog eyes. But other than that, he's pretty much just living in the now. But really having this little love source living in my house, it's inspiring. It does teach me different ways to be. I mean, we do remind ourselves to live a little bit more like Maverick. But I've also realized that in order to share that connection, I have to meet him in the present moment. And that's when I really feel like I'm on his level. You said something that felt comforting to me, though. You said that animals know when they're dying and they understand that their soul is going to live on. So it seems like it's not as much of a grief process as I might have thought. I've always been worried that when it's time for him to pass, he's going to be confused and wondering why his body's shutting down even. So it is helpful for me knowing that he has a deep understanding than even I do sometimes. But I'm wondering, say a dog owner is having a really hard time with their dog's passing and they're grieving really heavy before the official time even comes. Does that make the dying process more difficult for an animal? We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to Indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard, and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says, <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small, and when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? 
It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mindlove today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash mindlove. Say a dog owner is having a really hard time. Does that make the dying process more difficult for an animal? What happens in that situation is, is that our animals are very connected to us. And because of that connection, there's, a two, there's two things that can happen here. And it's not every situation is the same. Oftentimes, our animals mirror us. It's called mirroring. So let's say... As a human, you're going through the grieving process of knowing that you're going to lose your animal. And you're going through as a human a lot of grief over that. Your animal as a healer will help mirror you. They oftentimes take on some of that grief. They take on some of, of those feelings so they can lift the weight off of you because they're selfless. And sometimes what animals do is that they hang on a little longer for us so we can get to a point in our grief where like they feel and know that we're going to be okay that yes we're going to continue grieving yes we're going to be still dealing with the loss and and we have to go through all these sad feelings and healing and all of that they know we're going to have to go through that no matter what but sometimes they selflessly stay in the physical a little longer than what was kind of uh, in the plan for them, so to speak. So they can be there to support us while we are grieving the loss of them or the anticipated loss of them. Yeah, it does. So I'm wondering now, when you're communicating with an animal in the way that you do, have you learned some better ways to for the average person to communicate with their animals. For example, one thing that I learned from an animal trainer was how important our energy is when we're trying to get something across to our animals. So a lot of times we end up freaking out and being like, calm down, sit, lay down. (laughs) When really, if we want them to calm down, we should first embody that energy that we want them to mirror. So based on your interaction with animals, does that advice seem right? It's a good question, Melissa. I think that the animal trainer you consulted is correct about that. I mean, the line of work with animal training is different than animal communication, but what you're saying is very true. They push our energy back on us, if you haven't noticed. So if we are very like anxious and angry or whatever those feelings may be, they'll mirror that back to us either by, you know, misbehaving, getting into something they know they're not allowed to, acting out, you know, they could be chewing their paw to try to release some of our anxiety off of them. So it is very important to be aware of our own energy around our animals. So if we want our animal to be calm and zen and just relax. It's very important to embody that ourselves, right? When they have um, a behavioral pattern issue, like like you mentioned how they might be releasing something wrong through something even as obscure as licking their paw or getting into the garbage. So it could be something they're doing to themselves or acting out. Is there a way to diagnose that at ourselves a little bit. I know that most of us don't have the skills to completely communicate with the animal on the level that you did, but since it is learned, is there ways that we can kind of tap into that? I would say that out of all the ways that you can learn how to communicate with animals in the in the various different cases, so behavioral issues are very oftentimes deep-rooted and complicated. They may have different past trauma. Maybe you rescued a dog that you didn't have the first three years of its life, but that dog may still be carrying that trauma 
and acting out by getting in the trash or biting on their paw to relieve some of that. And they don't necessarily know that, you know, these ways of getting out the energy aren't exactly the most healthy ways. Or it could be that, um, you know, an animal is mirroring us to take the weight off of us with whatever we're personally going through. Does that work? Do you mean for a human? Yeah, like, are, do they know something we don't where they're like, okay, well, I'm going to take half this weight by taking on this anxiety. <laughs> is that Does that work on an energetic level? If we're very aware that we have this connection and closeness with our animal, then yes, it does help us a little bit. It may feel a little lighter, but but this is the opposite end of this, Melissa, and that is that there's good support and then there's kind of unhealthy support, right? And we have this in our in our human relationships. We have this in our you know relationships with our parents, relationships with a partner, friendships. Animals are selfless, so so the goal is to modify the behavior in a way which I always create an action plan for each animal and their human because every animal wants a job in life just like we do they want a purpose so let's say I discover that the dog wants to be kind of like a guard dog slash like tour guide of the home so when people come to the house the dog wants to be in charge of greeting at the door and take uh, these guests through the home and say this, you know, show them the bedroom, show them the bathroom, the kitchen, living room, all that. That's a way to, for example, hypothetically, allow this animal to get some of that energy out, but fulfill their purpose that they came here to do. And also help support their humans by taking that job away from them does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You said that you can communicate with animals past or living. Is the When it comes through to you, is it different depending on if the animal's still alive or past? Or is it about the same experience for you? An animal that's alive, that's breathing, it feels in my body that there's some weight. Not overly weighted, but that I can feel a physical presence. When I communicate with an animal that has died, that has passed on, it feels very light. It feels very weightless because that's the way spirit feels. In spirit, you do not have the physical constraints of a physical body. What have you learned about animals from communicating with them that you may not have ever really understood before having these experiences? So throughout my life, Melissa, I've done a lot of work with animals, as I've mentioned before. But I've always been hypersensitive to animals that are dying physically or animals that are suffering or any kind of trauma that happens with an animal. I just immediately cry and break down and I hyperventilate and I can't. I get overwhelmed. That's what would happen to me in the past. And it would be that would be kind of the barrier where I couldn't quite get past. I couldn't quite get clear because the hurt that I would experience when I would see that happening was too overwhelming for me to step forward in. So when I started learning animal communication, we, you know, we took on cases with animals that have died or that are dying. And that was a little scary for me at first. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this because I know how emotional I get. Like, I'm not going to get anything. There's no way. Sometimes it's the thing that you think you can't do and it scares you the most that ends up being bam like the most beautiful experience you've had and thank god you stepped forward in it what i've come to um realize i very much i've always kind of believed this before but i didn't really know because i wasn't connected in a way that i had like almost certainty about the soul and the spirit is separate from the body. And to know that in death, an animal's soul and spirit lives on is a beautiful thing to me because I always pictured death and suffering as the end point. Like that's it. The relationship's over. This is the end of the animal's life as they know it. And that's it. And I know that's not true now. I know for a fact that's not true now by doing the animal communications that I've done I've been able to, I, I have 
um, a 22-year-old cat named Snoopy, who's amazing. She's my soulmate. We've been together for three lifetimes. She's my greatest teacher besides my mother. Wait, so you know you've been together for three lifetimes, like past lives? Past lives, yes. Oh, that's amazing. I hope Maverick comes to all my other lifetimes too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can always set the intention out there. We We can talk about that later if you want. Yes. Everything feels different now. (laughs) (laughs) So with Snoopy, we have a plan. You know, she's older now. She's doing well. Thank God she's thriving. She's got a few health issues, but she's doing well. But we have a plan for what I'm going to do with her body when she passes. We have an understanding that she's going to let me know. And I trust that she's going to let me know when it's the time. What I'm going to do in this time is take every opportunity to just be present with her and be with her and love her and celebrate life with her and let her go outside and do all the things that she loves. I know that even though when I physically lose her in this lifetime, I know that our relationship lives on. I can still talk with her after she passes away physically. And I know for a fact that that doesn't just get cut off when she dies. That has transformed in my life completely to the point where my mother passed away in late 2016, who was the closest person to me in my entire life, by far, like soul connected. And even though that loss has been the biggest and hardest loss in my entire life and the grief is still intense, because of my work with animal communication and knowing that the soul and the spirit is separate from the body, I talk with my mom and spirit all the time. So this work, doing this work has allowed me to trust that even with humans, I can speak with them in spirit. And I'm still connected to their souls, animal and human. So it's transformed my life, this work. It's easy to kind of fall into the belief that animals don't really know what's going on because we can't just tell them, hey, so you have an issue with your back left hip. The vet says to sit it out for a while, just get rest. So it's comforting to me to know they have a deeper understanding on some level, including that's been a fear of mine when Maverick passes. I am so close to this little guy and he was like my rock through all the traumas I talk about from my 20s. So I've always wondered when it's that time. Will he know what's going on? Will he be scared? And now I guess it's clear that I'm just projecting a lot of my fears onto him. So the more peace I can make with it, the better it's going to be for both of us. Yes. And you know, Melissa, don't fault yourself for that because it's natural. Loss for humans is such a physical experience. It really is. It's so intensely physical for us. Yes, it's spiritual, but it's mostly physical. Animals such as Maverick will know when it's time. They know and then they just accept that, okay, this is this is my time for my transition. They already know this is going to happen coming into this life because They know that the spirit and the soul is separate from the body and the body's a physical vessel for them to live a physical life. They love living a physical life and they love being in the spirit. What's really cool, Melissa, is that they're very much like us in the fact that when they come into each physical life, when they take on a physical body, they're here to have a purpose just like us, to hopefully live out that purpose. Yeah, I was intrigued when you said that some animals are healers and some have other roles. So my final question before we get into the mini reading is, are animals actually clear about the role that they have in this lifetime? Some animals' souls are more evolved than others. So some animals have lived more physical lives, and the more physical lives you live, the more your soul gets to evolve. So a young soul of an animal may be your pet, right? And comes into this life and your job with each other as as a relationship that you share together may be to kind of learn about one another from a fresh perspective, a new perspective. And you may need to assist your animal with like, you know, you see that they like to do this, let's say heal. 
and gradually help them into that purpose that they are naturally inclined to want to do, which animals give us signals to. It could be that an animal comes into this life and is a very wise, wise animal and has lived many lifetimes and is like, I've come into this life to be a healer. And they just make that known from day one. There is no doubt about it. They're owning it automatically. They're living that life automatically because that was their purpose to come into this life to do. But sometimes with young souls, they kind of need a little bit of guidance and assistance. It's very intricate when you get into all the levels of animal communication and past lives and souls and everything else. It's kind of how I feel about humans. It's like sometimes you meet a child and you're wondering how in the world are you eight years old? (laughs) And then other times you meet an adult and you're like, dude, get your shit together. (laughs) So it does make perfect sense to me. Yes. And you, you just nailed it right there. That's how they're very similar to us when they come into the physical life. Like, you know, humans are either young souls or they're old souls or somewhere in the middle. And, you know, so we're living our lives very similarly to that. Like if we're a young soul coming into the life, we're like, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But if we're an old soul coming into this life, we have all this amazing like guidance and wisdom to bestow upon everyone around us and we're just automatically living our purpose out you know that in itself is part of my motivation for growing so much in this lifetime a lot of what happens next the afterlife reincarnation a lot of that's unclear for a lot of people we don't have this physical solid proof right in front of us so might as well set yourself up for all the options. And now seems like the perfect time to get into our animal communication mini reading. So guide me here because after speaking with you for the last half hour, I'm basically stoked about this. Okay. When I do my remote communications, Melissa, and everyone listening, I use a photo of your animal's face. Thank God Maverick has an Instagram. So why don't you, Melissa, just give me a little background on what's going on physically with Maverick. Okay, well, this session is timely because Maverick is almost 12 years old, but he is a very spunky dog. People always think he's a puppy. We call him a spry little guy. And yesterday morning, he woke up, jumped off the bed, and it's like he collapsed, but I was still in bed, so I didn't really know. My husband took him out to go to the bathroom and his back legs just weren't really working or one of them. But it wasn't like he was limping. It was more like he was falling over, like it was numb or something like that. So I had to rush him to the vet. They said it was most likely vestibular syndrome, which said it'll just get better from here on out. And the worst part is over. It still kind of confuses me, but... He seems to be doing much better. It's like you can't keep him down. He still has so much energy. So I just want to make sure that he feels okay. I'll communicate with him and then share with you what I get. I may ask if that's correct. And I'll probably take some quiet moments to pause while I'm communicating with him and then come right back to you. For those of you listening at home, know that I am editing out the pauses just so I maximize your time and your attention spans. (laughs) Funny, Maverick is definitely a talker. Like, talk, 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 like a mile a minute. Takes after his mama. Like, just excited for life. He's very excited to talk to me. He's been waiting for this. He says he's feeling good today. So let me get him to elaborate. Okay. So he's showing me that his spirit is very much alive and vibrant and very strong. So that's where you're getting... um, his continuous like wanting to move and move past it, the physical, the brief physical limitation, right? I'm getting um, a sense that this is happening, like that his leg went out like on his left side. So when I saw him jump down from the bed, it was almost like his pads, his foot touched the ground. And then all of a sudden it just kind of in a really fluid way, just kind of went out. He kind of, fell over on his left side a little bit on the back end. And he wasn't expecting his body to give out right then. 
from him, I'm getting the sense that he, you know, mentally wants to keep going, keep going, running up and down the stairs, but his body just isn't keeping up with his mental wanting to keep moving. What I'm going to do right now, Melissa, is that um, with my physical cases, I do what's called an energy test. So I use a pendulum to read energy on the body, the left hip and leg and foot. If I get like a level zero or one, that's very low energy movement in the body. Like a level five, that's optimum movement. Things are moving well, like there's some good healing going on. I'm getting that the top of his hip has about like a three to a four energy movement, which is great. And the toes are more like a level two. When he landed from the bed, the toes were impacted first. So there's just, there's just a little bit of pressure pain there. I'm also feeling a little bit of like inflammation in that area, like around the hip joint. He's letting me know and he wants you to know that he is feeling better today and he's feeling more energized and his spirits are good and he's happy. He does thank you for taking him to the vet, which I don't get very often. So this is pretty amazing. <laughs> but Maverick's saying, thank you for taking me to the vet. I needed that. And he he's also saying that because you needed the answers too. That is true. It's always hard when you rush in and you just want them to fix your little baby and they say, just rest it. I'm like, his leg wasn't working earlier today. So I totally did need that guidance or I probably would have started spiraling. Yes. And that's, that's where he's letting me know, like I told you before, they know us on such a deep level that he knows that this is your mental process. So he knows that what's of your highest good is for you to take him to the vet so you can get answers and kind of relieve some of that anxiety and worry about him. So you can leave that going, okay, I did everything I could. Now this is where we're going with my dog, right? This is really beautiful. Um, he just showed me an image that he wants to share with you. During the times in your life, maybe in your 20s or the times where you've had grief or upset, you're sad that he lays on your heart, on your chest. When he does that, his intention is that he's hugging your heart to help you heal. Aww. Yeah. And that's why he specifically lays on your heart because he's like, I'm going to heal you. I love you. I support you. I'm here. Your heart will heal. See, I told you, animals are our healers, but they have very specific ways that they're with us. They have very specific ways that they heal us. And that's very specific to you is the laying on the heart. Is this our first lifetime together? I'm getting that you've been together in two lifetimes. This is your second lifetime together. I knew it. In the previous lifetime, you were also very close on a soul level. He's saying we taught each other a lot of things then too. This is like really emotional. And I'm getting in the past life, it was you and him together the whole time. Like the two of you from the beginning to the end, like a team. Like it was the two of you against the world kind of a thing. This is how, with the feeling I'm getting around it. Past lifetimes are very visual, Melissa, for me. So what Maverick is showing me, but animals just like humans, when we take on a physical life, I could be a dog in my next life, maybe, if I want. I could also be a man or a, a woman. So same with animals. Animals as souls, let's say they're a dog in this life, they could be a cat in the past life, or maybe they were a human. Maverick's showing me that the two of you live in this past life. So it's an older wooden home with like a, the paint's almost peeling off. But there's just this endless grass and endless green and these big trees surrounding the home in the distance. And you, I see you as a woman and I see you very blonde, very, very blonde. And you have some color to your skin. So you're a little tan. I'm just going to throw this out there, but past life me sounds pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> Maverick is actually a golden retriever <laughs> in this past lifetime. 
And I just see the two of you standing in front of this house, looking out at the vast nature, just the two of you, just needing each other, being connected on a soul level, and just loving this free, nature-filled, wild life that you live together. I've always known I was a wild woman. (laughs) So oftentimes, Melissa, um, especially if we've been with an animal in their in a past life, like we shared a life with them. And there's more work for the both of you to do together in this lifetime that wasn't completed fully in the past lifetime. Maverick's telling that you're both here to heal together. And he's supporting you with this podcast and gently and lovingly pushes to go deeper and deeper into your own healing and self-examination of trauma or past things that have happened. And he supports you to dig into each layer more and more confidently as you go through your healing process. He stands as a support for you in that. Well, I think the last thing is I'd just really like him to know that I want to spend all my lifetimes with him. He was expressing to me, oh, I know, I know. Um, Because you've told him this before. Like he, even if you haven't said it verbally out loud, He knows that you want to continue on being with him in your future lifetime. So he's very much aware of that. And he wants to be with you too. He's saying that you two will definitely be together in the next lifetime for certain. Because there'll still be work for the two of you to do together to evolve. But he's not promising a lifetime after that one, huh? (laughs) It kind of works like we have a soul contract with certain souls in our different lifetimes, right? As long as that soul is helping you grow and evolve in that physical lifetime happening, they will be a part of your life. So if it's for your highest good, you will come together. Sometimes souls get to a point where they evolve so far, which is great, that's what you want as a soul, that sometimes a new soul comes in to take us to the next level, while the other soul still has a little bit of like learning to do and evolving to do to get to that level. And sometimes we may miss a lifetime or two with another soul, but we may meet them in two lifetimes from now, once we're able to grow and evolve together. Well, thank you. This was so much more of an emotional experience than I expected it to be. I thought we were going to be talking about bones, balls, and wet food. (laughs) But for listeners who are interested in learning more about you and getting either an animal communication reading or an Akashic Records reading, where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Perfect. Thank you for asking me that, Melissa. If you are interested, it's an introductory introduction to animal communication workshop that I'm teaching. It's at Mostly Angels LA. So that's in Los Angeles off Robertson Boulevard. Um, And that's on Sunday, February 17th, 2019 from 530 to 8 p.m. On Maverick's 12th birthday. How interesting. And if you'd like to find me online, my website is morganmelick.com. And my Instagram is morganimal79. If you'd like to follow my events and book a session or hear about discount, my Facebook business page is My Animal Alchemist. So you can find me there. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and the insights we got into animal communication. I know that so many of us make our animals, our pets, just as equal parts of the family as anyone else, as we should. So it just feels really good having a more direct line of communication between them. I did not know it was possible, but I do think Maverick and I have gotten even closer since this interview. I've been giving him lots of head pets as he requested, and uh, I don't know. I can just hear his voice a little bit stronger. So if nothing else, it's an invitation to really sit in stillness with your pet. Just be in the present moment. And instead of looking at it as a chore or something that you're doing for them, think of it as a way that you guys can be in the present moment together. Your little animal is basically just a ball of energy, of high vibrational love and affection without the ego that seems to drag us down. 
So absorb that from them. Take lessons from them. And really just show them your gratitude for being of service in your life. All of the links mentioned in this episode are at mindlove.com slash 064. You can support Mindlove by supporting our sponsors and also by sharing it. I want to show my deepest gratitude to all of you who have already subscribed and left a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. That's really one of the biggest ways that this show grows. So I'm so thankful. I saw a few new reviews coming through and I read all of them. So you have no idea how much they mean to me. Thank you. Thanks for giving your mind a little love today and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week.